Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com. Today, our guest is Father Donald Calloway. He is Vice Provincial of Vocations and Director for the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. He is the author of 15 books, including The Consecration to St. Joseph, The Wonders of Our Spiritual Father. He's also a well-known conference speaker on Divine Mercy, the Blessed Virgin Mary, and St. Joseph. And he resides at the Marian House of Studies in Steubenville, Ohio. And Father, thanks for joining us today. Hey, you're very welcome. Good to be with you again. It's always a pleasure. Well, uh, before we get into the state of the church, which I don't know how much of a pleasure that would be, uh, I do want to <laughs> talk a little bit about your new book, uh, called The Chaste Heart of St. Joseph, a graphic novel. Kind of a little bit about it, and then where can people find it? Yeah, so, you know, a few years ago, um, when we had the year of St. Joseph, I had written Consecration to St. Joseph, and that was just so wildly popular and international, just went everywhere. Well, I thought, you know, it'd be great to do something for younger people, too, that's, you know, very theological, um, but in a way that's appealing to them. And so. I know an illustrator, Sam Estrada, and we came up with this idea to do a graphic novel. They're very popular these days. So, um, yeah, it's it's a card, you know, comic book, but it's it's amazing. I mean, his skills of of drawing and the stuff that I put in there from saints and and popes, and uh, it's really dynamic and brand brand new, hitting the shelves, and I think it's going to be wildly popular. And yeah, so if people want a copy. Um, they can go to my website. It's probably the easiest place to find it right now. It's going to be available everywhere, but the easiest place right now is just fathercalloway.com. Um, you have to spell out the father part. So fathercalloway.com, uh, the chaste heart of St. Joseph. Yeah. Pick up a copy. I think, I think, you know, everybody will love it. Well, I really did enjoy the consecration and actually we're going to do a study on that at, at the parish in the fall that I'm going to lead just because we did the Marian consecration. Then we're going to do St. Joseph and uh, nice. you know, it just, it reminds you, you know, when you when you read about St. Joseph, when you really have a devotion to him, uh, you know, with everything that's going on in the state of the church, he can really help us and guide us, right? He was the protector of the Holy Family. It reminds us we mm. need to protect our families from, from the lies that, and some, you know, again, coming within mm. from the hierarchy of the mm-hmm. church, trying to mm-hmm. manipulate teaching and, and kind of accommodate the world. He really can lead and guide us to be protectors and to help us focus on the faith, right? 100%. I mean, he's the model right now for this because, you know, in his day, I mean, he had to protect Jesus, our Savior, from a madman, you know, who was seeking to kill babies. And, you know, the religious leaders of his time weren't particularly fond of 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 him and, and his family. I mean, there was a lot going on in the secular dimension and in the religious dimension during that time. So really, I mean, the same thing is happening today. And, and I think he's a model for us of maintaining our peace and prayerfulness, trusting in the Lord, even though everything seems to be absolutely crazy. And, and it is. Well, it is. And we, you know, we see things and, you know, with social media and everything. So we're probably aware of more than we need to be aware of or more than we want to be aware of. But it yeah. is it is disconcerting when we see, uh, you know, Father James Martin get support from the Vatican and mm-hmm. Bishop mm-hmm. Strickland get an apostolic visitation, right? Uh, you know, mm-hmm. Bill yep. Clinton and 
Alexander Soros can go meet with the Pope, but Cardinal Zen from Hong Kong can't. Right. So we see mm-hmm. these things and we really do need to be aware of them because we, we have to be able to talk to our family and educate ourselves in terms of mm-hmm. the challenges out there. So we can't turn a blind eye to everything that's going on either, can we? No, no, it's it's good to be aware of it because if if you're, you know, just naive and clueless about it, um, you you don't really know the potential of the poison that you might be intaking for yourself and your family might be, you know, getting. So you want to be in the know, you want to be wise about it, but you don't want to have like a an hourly diet of just bad news, right? That's going to be depressing. Um, and then ultimately, you know, you, you want to remember that no matter how crazy things are and how jacked up and messed up and ugly the hierarchy and the leadership is right now, God's still with us. I mean, he hasn't abandoned us. Um, and we're going to be imitating him on some level by going into the garden with him in Gethsemane. It's going to feel like an abandonment. It's going to be torturous and we're going to want to not drink that chalice, but you know, we have to resemble our Lord. And it seems right now he is offering us that chalice to drink it to the last drop because these are crazy times we're living in. Well, and, and that desert and that challenge and that torturous feeling, first thing that comes to my mind among many is, uh, you know, the synod on synodality and just how this thing is mm. spiraled to the point where it feels like we're trying to become one giant Protestant church. And yeah. you know what? It's Everybody gets to say, and we become a democracy, and whatever they vote, that's what's going to happen. And it really is yeah. disconcerting when we see all all this talk, what's going on in Germany, and then even talk mm-hmm. within you know the hierarchy. Right? We have a Portuguese uh, cardinal, I mean, a bishop who's going to be cardinal, who's saying we shouldn't be evangelizing during World Youth Day. So we we do hear right. these things, and it, and it is disconcerting because we love the church and and we yep. want the hierarchy to be a light in this world not yep. one that's going to lead somebody to a train coming down the tracks oh no it's i tell you it's 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 of such a kind right now i think that you know when i became catholic 30 years ago i i never in my wildest imagination thought that something like this would be coming down the road i mean I look back at those what I call glory days and everything was so clear and the the leaders seemed to be heroic and it seemed to be, you know, just the way that it was meant to be. And now I really don't feel that I can look to many of the leaders of the church for real moral guidance or that they're going to fight the battle. And instead of throwing me under the bus um, or throwing the truth under the bus, throwing Jesus under the bus. And um, yeah, it's extremely disconcerting. I mean, you know, as a priest now for 20 years, I, I, I talk to people and they're like, Father, why did I bother con- converting to Catholicism if they're just pushing the same stuff? And I'm like, well, it's obviously because it's true. We have Jesus in the blood sacrament, we have the sacraments, we have the teaching. But unfortunately, right now, we have not just, I think, you know, one bad apple in the bunch, you know, like Judas and the other 11. Right now, we seem to have like 11 bad and one good, <laughs> <You know? laughs> but hang in there, hang in there. Cause Catholicism is the truth. We'll get through it, but uh, there's going to be a lot of damage in, in the process, unfortunately. Well, and I kind of feel the way you did. I, I came into the church right before the big sex abuse scandal broke. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I like to think that, you know, I would I'd come in anyway because it is the truth, right? The, yeah. You know, Jesus yeah. is really is the true presence, and we're not going to find Jesus anywhere else. 
But it, mm-hmm. you can see where people who are thinking about coming into the church and see this craziness and really this great disunity um, mm-hmm. where they would hesitate, right? It, it, so it can affect souls that, you know, aren't, embr- haven't embraced the Catholic Church and t- its teachings because they just don't know it, but they would like to get further into it. But they see this and they think, why should I bother? So there can be collateral mm-hmm. damage from what's being said mm-hmm. and what's being done, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, yes. And there is. And I have to say, again, from my perspective as a priest, um, you know, you, you might not hear this from your average pastor or, or priest you hear on a radio or something, but the, there is a really strong lack of morale right now among my brother priests because we're out there in the trenches fighting and we're trying to save souls. And yet the hierarchy and the leadership is doing things and just um, really playing and trying to find loopholes in, in doctrine and dogma and in sacramental practice, liturgical reverence. And we're like, we're given everything. And yet they keep jacking it up and messing it up and, and leaving us to do the cleanup job and trying to put the positive spin on it when we're like, yeah, well, that's not exactly what it means. And we know that's what he said. And so you can defend things to a point, but then you're just like, you know what? We just have some really bad fathers right now. and We got to pray for them and do penance for them and, and everything. But I think it's time to call a spade a spade and just say, I mean, we have a really, really corrupt, messed up, infiltrated leadership right now in the church. And um, I wish I didn't have to say it, but I just think you'd have to be blind with your head in the sand not to see it. Um, it's there. It's there. Well, I think the other thing is a great lack of courage. You know, as a father yeah. with children and grandchildren and, you know, even with my spouse, I'm called to defend them, right? We're, you know, men are called yeah. to be protectors and providers. And if something happens, yeah. I need to be vocal. I need to protect them. But we have bishops who I'm sure agree with what we're talking about here, but don't mm-hmm. have the courage to come out and say it. And that, to me, almost right. feels just so dirty. I mean, we want people to stand yeah. up for truth. And if yeah. I don't, you know, shame on me as a dad. But it's the same thing right. with a bishop, right? They're spiritual fathers, and shame on them if they're not standing up for their priests, their parishioners, for those that embrace, you know, the traditional Catholic Mass and, and all those mm-hmm. type of things. It really is mm-hmm. sad to see that lack of courage. It is. And, you know, I, I'll be the first to say, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. It's not easy when, when you're put before a firing squad, you know, maybe you want to try and get out of it. Okay. Understandable. But there comes a time when you just have to say, pull the trigger. I mean, I'm done with this nonsense. And if this means that you're going to strip me of everything, I'm going to lose everything and become homeless or whatever. Viva Cristo Rey, bring it. I mean, you can't, you know, play footsies with the devil and think that it's just fun and games. I mean, it's not, you, you can't do this with darkness. You don't dialogue with darkness and We've been doing that, many in the church, and I think that we do need those courageous leaders. That's why when we see a bishop like Strickland or we see somebody like Cardinal Burke or, you know, several others, not many, but they're out there, um, we're like, yes, there it is. I, I, I hear the voice of the shepherd in that man, and I will follow that man into battle. But for a lot of the other ones, I, I don't hear that. I don't see that courage. I see cowering to government policies or to those that they're intimidated by because they think they're going to be sued or they're going to be dragged through the media, bring it. I mean, it's a, it's a witnessing moment. And if you're crucified before the masses, 
praise God, we might be calling you saint one day, um, and you'll be saving millions of souls. So I know it's not easy, but it's it's what a father needs to do. And you mentioned, you know, Bishop Strickland, and, you know, he continues to put out the truth, and even after the visit, and, you know, I think yep. everyone has a pretty good idea what what's going to happen. We hope it doesn't, but he's, right. he hasn't backed down. He continues, whether it's going to you know, a Eucharistic procession and and praying or whatever for, you know, the craziness that went on at Dodger Stadium where, mm-hmm. you know, nothing else happened from the hierarchy there. They just wanted to sit and just let it go away. And the problem is things right. just don't go away. If we put our head in the sand and pretend we're an ostrich, things yeah. don't go away. It only gets worse. And then when we pull our head up, we're going to be, holy cow, I didn't think it could get worse than this. Right. And that's why you got to cut the head off the snake. I mean, you you just can't be playing around with it um, and think that it's it's you know, you can dialogue about it. You can accompany it and somehow work your way through it. And unfortunately, this is what's happening, I think, in the church in most sectors right now is there's there's not an evangelical preaching. Yes, with great love, compassion and mercy, we're all broken, wounded. But there's just this let's just accompany people and talk about it and walk together. They say, I'm so tired of this language of walking together. You know, why don't we uh, you know, accompany Jesus? Why don't we, you know, walk like the saints and, and get people saved, get them living virtuous lives and, and change society and bring back family values and all these things. And instead of this just endless, um, I don't know, it, it seems to me just, just to be pointless. And that's like the Senate, for example, I don't know what the heck this thing is. I mean, I'm suspicious of it. I I don't really think that it's of the Holy Spirit. I mean, it could be, but the way that it's going, the way that it's being done, it's all rigged. It's all being stacked with all the liberal, you know, homosexual leaning guys that are going to be voting certain ways. And so, um, I don't know. I just pray that something biblical, apocalyptic, the Holy Spirit just comes in and lights this thing up because that's, I think, what it's going to take. Yeah, you made made me laugh because I keep hearing this art of accompaniment. And I can just imagine, you know, growing up, if I had told my dad, instead of getting mad, why don't you just accompany me? Right. His foot would have <laughs> hit me in the backside so far, I'd have been singing soprano. Right. Yeah, accompany my foot is what he would have been saying. <laughs> <laughs> and, I would, and, you know, I wouldn't have liked it at the time. But, you know, looking back on it, I'm glad he didn't want to accompany me when I was doing stupid stuff. But you know, he corrected right. me in whatever manner he deemed necessary. And sometimes it was more cor- corporal, but that's what got my attention. And I'm glad he did now, because if not, who knows what I would have done. Yeah. And that's what a good father does. You know, it's, there comes a time when discipline is necessary. Corrections need to be made. And yeah, it's not pleasant at the time, but that's what a good father does. And, and what a good father doesn't do is make a mess. Um, and allow that mess to continue. And so that's what we're seeing today. We're hearing it out of their own mouths that they want to make a mess. It's intentional, the mess. They want to muddy the waters because they, they want to appear deep. So that's why they muddy the waters to, to make it look like, but it's all casuistry. It's all just them twisting words. And I, I guarantee you that's what we're going to see from the Senate, the fruits of it. They're going to try some, you know, blessing of homosexual relationships and unions by saying, well, they're persons, you know, created by God and all, and all this nonsense that's just going to be mudding the waters, trying to push through what they want to push through. Probably the same thing with women deacons. Well, they're not going to be ordained in the sacramental sense, but we'll still call them deaconesses. And I'm like, 
you guys are losers. I mean, we know what you're trying to do. It's all just about this liberalization of everything, this globalization of everything. And I'm not buying it. So I don't know. We'll see what happens, brother. But we got to pray hard. Well, and I, I agree. And I think that's that's the reminder to all of us that with all this stuff going around that we're talking about that people do need to be aware of. In the end, it's our own faithfulness, our own growing in faith. It's our own growing in holiness, because the, we're not going to be able to go to our judgment and say, well, well, Lord, it was, you know, look at what everybody else did. But he's going to say, you already know the truth. You can't be buying this lie. So it really is a chance for us to prove just how much we do love Jesus and how much we do appreciate and want to grow in our faith, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is what Jesus died to give us was the deposit of faith, you know, and that's that's what so many are attacking today and because they don't believe it. They believe that things are, are malleable, that nothing is everlasting, that you can change it. And and that's not true. Things are black and white. There is everlasting truth. It doesn't change, just like mathematics. You know, two plus two doesn't equal five. And I don't care how many PhDs you have. If you say it's different, you're the moron. You're you're wrong. What's the same thing with what Jesus came to give us? Um, and that's worth fighting for. That's worth taking a stand for. That's worth going before the firing squad for. That's worth giving everything for. And, you know, we've seen this played out before when you have, you know, the majority of the bishops in the past centuries and centuries ago, you know, being very confused about who Christ was, divinity, humanity, how's that all go together? And you've got, you know, entire countries sometimes fighting over marriage and and couple good guys stand up and say, no, I'm not going to sign this or, you know, French revolution. No, we're not going to sign this thing up for the, for the clergy. Um, have the courage to do it. That will bear good fruit. There'll be suffering involved, but the truth is worth giving everything for. And I think that men, women, and children, you know, are going to be definitely called to that in our times and to heroic degrees now and in the days to come. Kind of reminds you of you know Saint Catherine of Siena having to go rouse the the, the Pope out of France and basically say, yeah. "Hey, man up and get back to the Vatican, will you?" I mean, you know, right. it was one of those things. It was chaos at the time, and we need to do that. And the bottom line is, we all need to do it in our own way. It may be in very small ways, just within our own homes mm-hmm. or our parish communities. Mm-hmm. But people, in the end, will appreciate the truth because those that go along with this these shenanigans that are going on are going to be swept away eventually. And mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit yeah. we have dwelling within us, so we have everything we need to do the right thing, don't we? We do. Absolutely we do. And, you know, you brought up a good point, you know, that collateral damage of souls being swept away. And that's what, to me as a priest um, and me as a Christian, I mean, I that worries me because so many people seem to be unaware of what's going on today and not really um understanding the totality of the spiritual battle that we're in so they they hear things and they're like oh that sounds good and i'm like well okay on a surface level but that's where you need to be praying discerning and really open to the holy spirit you know god isn't really a god of surprises um he has a plan he has a purpose it's revealed to us um he's a god of order he's a god who establishes you know not a mess but you know a, a structure and so but when, you, when you're not aware of those things, you hear these slogans from people and you're like, oh, that, that sounds great. But then you're 
you're deceived, you're tricked, and you're 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 kind of led in a, in a bad direction. And I, I, you know, I see that happening to so many people. And then, you know, I talk to them or other good priests or you know bishops or lay people talk to them and like, oh, I didn't realize that that's what this was all about. It's like, yeah, now now your eyes are open and you realize what what's going on, what's happening. So we need the Holy Spirit, you know, the Holy Spirit, not just the Spirit. A lot of people right. talk about Spirit today. We need the Holy yeah. Spirit to guide and direct us. Well, the the devil is a spirit as well. And I don't know if you've seen the movie Nefarious, but it really does oh, kind yeah. of synthesize everything you're talking about, right? It's an atheist going yep. in to talk to Satan. He gets twisted around. I mean, it, it's like, yep. li- like watching the screw tape letters play out on a on a film. And it does yeah. remind us that that's how the devil operates and how happy he must be that he has, you know, the smoke of Satan within the church that is just yeah. going right along with his plan. I know. And you know what's interesting about that film? I, I thought it was so brilliantly done. And um, because, you know, the, the priest who comes in with that rainbow stole on. Um, not even really believing in, in exorcism, the devil, you know, feared his office, but the devil didn't fear that particular priest because he was a wimp, you know, and, and I love that he was wearing the rainbow stole because that, that shows you. But then also I, I love the fact that that psychologist, his name was James Martin. Uh, Did you pick up on that? Um, (laughs) yeah. So I was like, well done boys. Well done. Um, I mean, you can't tell me that wasn't intentional. If it was, I mean, I don't, the Holy Spirit wasn't worked there, but anyway, I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but it did really kind of synthesize the world in which we live and how, you know, the atheist guy is basically saying, look at all this freedom we have. And the devil's just yeah. laughing like, yeah, you think this is freedom. Really, the truth yeah. is the freedom, isn't it? And that's what sets us free. And it's not doing what we want. So it's really us conforming our lives to Christ. And when people want the church to conform to them, they know they're headed down the the path of the fiery furnace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, we're born to to do God's holy will, which leads us to our ultimate happiness. And there's there's rules and there's restrictions, and that's not meant for our limitations. It's meant to get us to our destination. Just like a, you know, you you can go somewhere, but if you don't observe the stop signs and the red lights, there's going to be damage. You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to hurt others. You, you have to observe these things. It's the same thing in the moral life, you know, and, and if you don't, you're not going to get to the destination, which is heaven. There's going to be damage. So it's, it's for these things that were made, but we have to observe certain rules and, you know, restrictions. Well, we're down to the last probably three or four minutes, though. I, I would like to, you know, refocus on St. Joseph, and we talked about him in the beginning, on how he can be the model for us, right? That, that, Holy Family, sometimes called the Earthly Trinity, is our model, mm-hmm. and it's not mm-hmm. any of the craziness going on in the world. And whether you know, fleeing to Egypt, quitting his job, working hard to provide for his family, mm. uh, you know, you can just imagine the conversations at that dinner table on the faith. That's what we're supposed to be mm. doing right now, growing in that holiness, and he can really lead and guide us in that beginning. He sure can. And, you know, and his example of being a good husband, a good father, um, you know, he was the one who was in charge of leading the family in prayer. Um, Jesus wasn't, even though Jesus is God and he would have done it way better than Joseph. But that wasn't the point. The ro- there's a role there that needs to be done. It wasn't Mary's role. She's the immaculate conception. She's a perfect creature. 
but it wasn't her role to lead that family in the prayer either. It was his role. Um, it doesn't mean that they wouldn't have done it better because they would have, but they didn't take that role from him. They let him do it. And as imperfect as it was compared to them, um, he did it and he did it faithfully. And I think for men today, that's what we need. Cause sometimes men can look at their wives and go, well, my wife does it better, buddy. That's not the point. You have a purpose and a role to play. And if you don't do it, there will be ramifications. I mean, studies have shown that when a father doesn't do these things, you know, it hurts the family unit. And when a priest doesn't do these things, it hurts the parish. It hurts the diocese. So we men, no matter what our vocation is, we got to step up. we got to imitate our Lord and St. Joseph and be the men that we've been called to be. Well, I think to your point, right, you mentioned perfect leaders there. You're not called to be a perfect priest. The bishops aren't called to be perfect. I mean, we strive for that, but we know we're not going to get there. But we are called to be right. faithful. And yes. it doesn't matter if people or you know are more faithful than we are doing. We're strive, we're called to be as faithful as we're called to be and to be the leaders and the examples and not worry about all the you know periphery and all the things that are going on out there. So we're not asking for perfect people, we're just asking for faithful, courageous people that love Jesus, right? Amen to that, brother. Amen to that. That's exactly what we need. We need faithfulness today. In good times and in bad, in health and in sickness, when it feels good, when it doesn't feel good, be faithful. Well, that's that's what love is, right? It's an, it's an act of the will. And how many do we see even in our society? That's why we have so many divorces, right? We just decided we fell out mm. of love. Nobody, you decided not to love that person. Don't pretend you got taken over by invasion of the body stature. You made that choice. <laughs> <laughs> good point. Good point. <laughs> Uh, so we're down a little, just the last bit. Can you remind people of your website? Uh, you know, even your story, right? No turning back is mm. would be a great mm -hmm. read for people. How can people get your books and keep an eye on where you're talking and, and where you're going throughout the country? Yeah, the, the best place is my website, which is, I call it my website because it has my name, but it's, it's run by my religious community. Um, it's fathercalloway.com. So just, you have to spell out the father part, fathercalloway.com. You can get the books. You get the latest book, The Chase Heart of St. Joseph. It's got the pilgrimages that I do. I do several pilgrimages every year. I absolutely love doing those. And got my speaking events. And if, and if there's any young men who are listening, um, I'm the vocation director for my community. Right now we have 24 awesome Orthodox Marian seminarians. Um, we're busting at the seams. Um, you can contact me through that website as well. We can start praying, discerning a possible vocation. So fathercalloway.com. Respect Life Radio is produced by Catholic Charities in the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com.